Do you want to do it one more time, or are you good? Because you can always re-record yeah, it. Yeah, I can always re-record it. Okay. <laughs> I just want to I say, I This is the True North Collective Podcast, a gathering of unsugar-coated conversations on wellness, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Hi, I'm Rachel. I've been to four U.S. national parks so far in 2020, and it's only the third week of January. I recently tried laser hair removal, and I'm a cacao student and steward. Hi, I'm Judy. I love hiking, I grew up on a boat, and I find cemeteries extremely relaxing. Hi, I'm Janelle. I like to listen to songs on repeat. My worst habit is not closing lids fully, and rap music makes me giggle. And we are your host of the True North Collective podcast. Hey friends, it is Janelle and I am here with some exciting news. Rachel and I are going to be hosting our first ever True North Collective Challenge. Woo woo! Really excited. When we started the True North Collective three years ago, and I know you all have heard that story many times, so I'll spare you. But one of the things that we started with is we were doing challenges like the Whole30, Desire Mapping, Restart, and we were using these different programs as a tool to get to know ourselves better. We want to bring that back and invite you all to join us. We are doing a snooze on booze. It's 60 days of sobriety in February and March of 2020. And we're not doing this alone. If you all remember Jesse and Claire from our Ragnar team, they've been on past episodes of the True North Collective. They are doing it with us and we want you to be included in this. At the end of the 60 days, we're all going to get together and we're going to have a live debriefing of the challenge. What went well? What do we want to keep doing? What do we want to stop? What did we learn about ourselves? We're super excited. We would love to have you join. If you're interested in jumping in, you can go to our Instagram, the True North Collective underscore, and comment on our post, letting us know that you want to join us. You can use the hashtag too, and also tag a friend. Do it. You don't have to do this alone. I know when we originally talked about it, we were going to do a dry 2020 and I got really scared to commit for a year, but (laughs) I have my buddies doing it with me. We committed to do this 60 day challenge and it's really not going to be that scary. So join me, leave that comment, tag a friend, join us. And we'll also send more information then on how you can get involved in that live debriefing. Otherwise, we're transitioning back to the episode with Judy on intention setting, and I hope you all enjoy. I just love how Judy's like, <laughs> I, you, I've lived on a boat. What? Wait, what did you say? I love hiking. I grew up on a boat. And I, find I grew up on a boat. <laughs> just like so matter of fact. <laughs> I grew up on a boat, and, and then the cell was raised. Oh, my God. Okay, where was your boat again? Uh, in Chicago. On Lake Michigan? Yeah, on Lake Michigan in Chicago for most of the, the time. And uh, um, sometimes we, actually every winter, it was taken down to Florida. Um, and the winters were spent down in Florida. But when I was growing up, for the most part, it was um, in Chicago. And we used to travel Lake Michigan, all, the, all around Lake Michigan. And then we would store it up in like Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. That's so crazy. That's I love that. Really cool. <laughs> was it like, did you actually just like the boat was your home or you were just on it all the time? Um, we lived on it in the summer. Okay. So we lived on it, fully lived on it in the summer. And then in the winters, we lived, you know, in our house in the okay. suburbs. Cool. Yeah. 
but it was so it was basically like having a, a summer home where you went up and you spent the whole time in the summer you know going up to your summer home but yeah. our, the boat I what kind that. of boat was it um well there were multiple ones the first one I mean I started doing this when or my parents started doing it when I was four so I literally like grew up on the boat um and it was a the first boat was a Chris Craft Colonial so it was a 40 foot Chris Craft Colonial boat and I'm the youngest of six so there's a lot of kids on there Whoa. how many bedrooms um two primary bedrooms and they're called staterooms for boats so two mm. primary staterooms and then there were you know pull out couches and the dinette that went down and made into a bed and um you know i mean my sibling i'm the youngest of six so my siblings that were older didn't always you know hang out with us on the boat all the time but gotcha see so cool. this is like, i want to live in a van and that's kind of like <laughs> van life but boat life was it van was life. it a was it a sailboat or was it a motorboat? It was a motorboat. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A 40 foot, it would be called a powerboat. A powerboat. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Did you guys go fishing? No, no, it, it was not a fishing boat. It was, I mean, yeah, you know, fishing off the back end and, you know, yeah. little fishing poles, but no, it was not a fishing boat, like a true fishing boat. It was just a, it, it was just like a power yacht and, um, that was the very first one that my parents had and they loved it. And we called ourselves Harbor rats because oh. there, were other, <laughs> there were other families that, that did the same thing. And so we had our, our, you know, friends, you know, in the Harbor and, and then we would go in the winters and we'd have our school friends and it was very different, but it was my norm. So it was, it's wild. I love that. Which um, side of the lake do you prefer, the Wisconsin side or the Michigan side? Oh, you're going to make me say that? I am, because <laughs> I think I know the answer, and it's not going to be what we all like. We always crossed the lake to go to the Michigan side yeah. in the summer. Yeah, the, the beaches over there and um, are, are really nice. And See, that's what I've, I've actually never been to the state of Michigan, which feels odd. What? I know. <laughs> I've never been there, but everyone says it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very, very beautiful over there. Um, you know, we used to travel that coast all the time, but um, it was in the winters. You, like I said, we would store it up in Wisconsin. So we would we would do the Wisconsin side a little bit, but for the most part, we went over across the lake. Did you ever do? The, there's a ton of shipwrecks up in Door County, mm -hmm. where you can. I, I think you can actually dive up there too. But I'm sure you can see them from the boat, maybe because it's not. That I don't, deep. No, I'm trying to think. I don't know that we ever did that when I was young, but recently, <clears throat> excuse me, we were up in Washington Island and we were on a, like a really small kind of runabout boat and um, the people that lived there were showing us the shipwreck and he would just go around in a circle with the boat and then all of a sudden, as you're looking down into the water, you could see the shipwreck. It was wild. That's it was so cool. very eerie, very eerie. Did it provide a sense of uh, calmness or peace yeah. like the cemeteries do? <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit. It was it was very different, though, because it was on the water. So there was something eerie about being on the water yeah. over and above the, that shipwreck. Kind of was a little bit unsettling to me. Mm. It was weird. 
I agree. I like water, but I do not mess with it. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, there's something about it. I'm like, this is so powerful. This is so much more powerful than me. <laughs> I have a very healthy respect for it. Yes, exactly. Sure. Like people are in the waves out here in California and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. that's cool. You guys, <laughs> they're beautiful. Yeah. Actually, the first time I surfed, I was really proud of myself. I'm like, this is the literally the most I've ever been in waves. Because normally I'm just like, you know, bravo waves, you do your thing, I'll be on the beach. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. The ocean yeah. is a whole different animal. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah. Michigan, we've been in some pretty uh, tough situations on the lake when I was young. Ooh, so. Do you have a story for us? Sure. <laughs> 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 We were going up from so the the boat that I that I was telling you about um, that I grew up on or that that first boat was a twin engine and um, we were going up from we were going to Pentwater and around the bend so we were going from the south to the north there's a there's kind of like this area that juts out a little bit and you're you're blocked from any of that northern northerly wind that's coming. When we went around the bend, all of a sudden the waves were almost unmanageable. And so um, we, and then what happened was we lost one of the engines. So we didn't have as much control over the boat as, um, you know, as you normally would with a dual engine. And um, we were, we almost capsized. So the waves were, you know, so bad that they were, um, the, like the windows that were up higher on the, on the boat were like going into the water because we were, being pushed by the waves and oh my, my dad gosh. my dad was you know was the captain of the boat so he was trying to navigate that all of the kids were underneath and my mom was up on the the deck trying to to figure the whole thing out and, and I mean it's it's kind of a, a family story because you know my mom's yelling beach this damn thing, beach <laughs> this thing meaning run it into the beach yeah my dad's like, no, not doing that. And so, <laughs> He's like, you know how expensive this thing is? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so eventually we um, got it into the breakwater, which um, was very difficult because we almost hit the breakwater because you just don't have as much control. And then we got it into the harbor and whew, whew, we made it. But, uh, but it was a very, very tense situation for a that, long period of time. Oh, that terrifies me. And especially at that level, like we, <laughs> this is yeah. not the same, but we were in Mammoth on a pontoon boat and it got really windy and we were in a lake and it ended up pushing the pontoon boat into a bunch of rocks. And like, yeah. it was yeah. this whole ordeal and I'm just sitting on the back of the boat and I'm like, this is my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was next to the shore, like it would have been fine. I mean, there would have obviously, it was a rental. So that part of it would not have been good. But I'm just like, I can't imagine like being in a real big boat in the middle of an ocean or like Michigan. I just, no, mm -mm. just like, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> I was too young, but I, yeah. I re you remember it. Yeah. Do you remember what was going through your head and your heart at that point? That's a great question, Rachel. Um, because I was so young, I, I really feel like I didn't have the fear like my older siblings had mm -hmm. and um, and that my, clearly my parents had at the moment. So I felt pretty okay with it. Like wow. I was like, yeah, I was just like, oh, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't fun, but it was just like, I never had understood the magnitude of, of, you know, the potential um, risk or the potential disaster that we were in, I yeah. guess. Yeah. 
And I think when you're that young, you almost blindly just like, your parents are going to take care of me. They always take care of me. This will be fine. Like they'll do what they always do. (laughs) Well, and again, I had older siblings too. And my older siblings always took care of me. So it Mm -hmm. was, it was, I had everybody. And so exactly that. Yeah. I was like, got it. It's interesting because um, I wonder how that's played into your trust muscle that you now have, like experiences like that. Yeah. And then on the flip for myself, my my dad loves sailing. And so they always had a sailboat on Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I, there's like a, a classic story of me when I was like, I don't know, two or something. And I'm sitting at the bow of the boat and mm-hmm. I somehow got some like, very important piece of the boat and I'm like holding it over the edge of the boat and my parents are like where's the whatever it was where is it where is it where is it and then they see me and I have in one hand I have my like little sippy cup and I'm in a little blue onesie and in the other hand I have the piece and with my arm over the edge of the boat and they're like Rachel they're like Rachel and I start smiling and they're like don't drop Rachel and they're like slowly coming towards me and then I just smile at them let go and go uh oh and it was like (laughs) and I feel like that's the epitome of me yeah I was Um, saying nothing's changed (laughs) um but uh so like there's stories like that but I don't remember like I took sailing lessons when I lived in Minnesota just because my dad always loved it and I knew we did it when I was a kid, but I never had like, I have fear when I think about sailing. Mm-hmm. And on a day that was windy, um, I, I freaked out and I couldn't keep control of the boat and we tipped over, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if like I experienced something that was really scary for me or like my, my mom was for, like I didn't sense a sense of control from mm-hmm the two of them or something. I don't know what, but it is, it's interesting how, um, situations like that really can, um, be something to uncover about ourselves in the future. So, well, you talked about the trust muscle and it's interesting because, uh, I have a harder time. I really have to like tap into my trust muscle when I go on a boat now, when a smaller boat, when somebody else is driving it. Oh, yeah. It's very interesting. And I I actually think what that comes up from is um, somebody had invited us to go on their small boat and we went out into Lake Michigan on it and we hit a big wave and we went flying up in the air. My mom and I were in the bow of it and my mom, we we kind of went up in the air and then we came down and my mom cracked her wrist. Oh Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So I think. So I have, that's where my trauma comes in more is I was older in that one and small boats on Lake Michigan to me are just like, so when I go on a boat, I have to, I have to really trust, you like get tap into my trust muscle, like much better than, because I think what you said earlier about me trusting my parents to, to do everything okay Mm -hmm. um, and and take care of me, they always did. So it's very, really interesting insight. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and now that you say that, I actually, if my dad was manning the boat, which he would have been when I was a kid, so maybe the experience I had was when he wasn't. I mean, maybe that, because if he, if my dad's the one who's driving the ship, so to speak, whether it's actually yeah. a ship or not, um, I usually trust that he's going to get us through it okay, um, even though it's not like he's the most, like, perfect human that ever existed or anything, but... 
I do, I do trust him. Oh, it's interesting. Anyways, rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'll, I'll close it out, Rachel. You have your story of a child. This was me as a child on a okay. pontoon boat. Nookie falls in the water. Cry the rest of the boat ride. Oh, yeah, Need to be hard. taken off the boat and go home. <laughs> <laughs> My childhood in a nutshell. <laughs> You're throwing things it. over. Mine drops. I cry. I think I spent my entire youth crying, actually. I have determined. You've said that before. I, and I, I really do. I think I, I've cried my entire childhood. It's so funny. I never started crying until college. And then my roommate was watching... Oh, my God. My roommate was watching Miracle on 34th Street, and I was on the top bunk. And the the new one, not the old one. And Santa that was in the parade goes, on Dasher! <laughs> on dancer and he's like whipping the reindeer and then she's like Bilotti Bilotti and she pops up on the top and I'm just like bawling like it's like years of pent up (laughs) I just like couldn't stop I was unconsolable and it was like the levee broke and ever since then I like I'm a much more healthy crier (laughs) yeah it's important. I actually wish I cried more now. I have a hard time crying as an adult. And sometimes, you know when you you feel like you need to cry? Like, you know, but yeah. you, like, can't get yourself to do it. But you know you'd actually feel better if, like, you just could have a solid cry. Like, yeah. I get that all the time, too. I'm just like, fucking cry, Janelle. <laughs> just, get, <laughs> just live it. Experience it. <laughs> and I can't do it half the time. So I don't know. We've we've uh, had the inverse experience apparently in crying. Yeah. Well, and anything's always possible. So mm-hmm. it could the levy could break again for you if you want. <laughs> you know, it might. I feel like actually it has recently. So it's good. I it's, mean, yeah. it's whatever. <laughs> it's, uh, whatever. Yes. Yeah. It is whatever. Oh All man. Right. Yeah. Judy. All right. Cool. So we got Judy Dano on here and Judy is just like somebody who is so uh, such a fond person for me and I hold such a special place in my heart for her. Um, She is my life coach um, and mentor and she is a partner at Thrive, a human development company, which is where I got my coaching certification several years ago and kind of drastically changed my life. and has got me on this path of truly living my purpose again. Um, And Thrive, which we'll link in the show notes, is they're disruptors at heart. So they're here to disrupt the world with love and personal responsibility. Uh, And I love that idea of disruption sometimes feels like it's scary. Um, And then coupling it with love and coupling it with um, choice, which is what I really hear in personal responsibility, is a cool dance to play with. And I think everything that Thrive brings to the table is really an invitation to kind of play with things that don't always seem like they might connect. But when you find your way to connect them, that there's an unlock. There's like a wisdom, an inner wisdom that you uncover that you then um, can live out and experientially. And it's... Um, yeah, if you can have a chance to to experience anything that they provide, workshops, programs, I highly recommend it. So we'll we'll share some stuff they have coming up in the in the future, um, and we'll link a whole bunch of it. So Judy, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Welcome. Yeah. I'm so excited. Ever since we did this workshop, what in 2017? Do that? Where was that? 2018. No, it was yeah. 17. 17. 17. Okay. Yeah. I 
I can't imagine starting my year without doing an intensity Wait. setting workshop. I think it was no, 2017. I think it was 2018. Or 2018. Yeah, you're right. Because I think it was right before I moved. And I moved in 2018. But anyway, doesn't matter. Either way, like, this is my new ritual at the beginning of every year. People are like, what are your goals? And I'm thinking, okay, I have, like, a few goals. But I'm like, really, what matters is the intention setting workshop. So get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's kind of cool to come full circle because... So this was the first workshop that I ever created, co-created with Judy. I remember I was like, I want to bring something to our this fitness studio that I work at, and I have no idea what the fuck to do. And so it was a process of trusting and listening, and we landed on intention setting because I always struggled with goal setting in the beginning of the year and resolutions. They never landed for me, um, and they felt really rigid, and they didn't feel um, like they worked with the fluidity of life. and. So we created this intention setting workshop to really allow people to still have their goal setting in their practice, but um, to also have an anchor in intention. And um, we'll kind of speak to that a little bit. Um, And I'm excited for today. Janelle is actually the one who um, thought of the idea. And um, I think it's gonna, we're gonna try something new. So we're gonna actually go through a real time intention setting workshop facilitated, co-facilitated by Judy and myself, um, recreate our 2018 workshop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we're going to participate too. So you're going to get to hear us go through it um, as facilitators, but then also participants. And so I'm going to link in the show notes, the worksheet. So print it out. Um, I highly suggest bringing friends along um, to do this with you. Uh, one of the magic things that Thrive really invites people is to have the conversation. So, you know, yes, you can do a lot of work on yourself on your own through reflection, but there's something really magical in being able to reflect that back to a witness, a loving witness, to be the listener of somebody reflecting that back and to just be open to kind of different seeds and insights. Um, So I highly recommend finding a friend or a group of friends and just like have some fun with this and see where you get um, as a way to really find your intention for for the year. Um, Well, we did it at the studio too. I think that was, I mean, so last year you and I just did it, which is great. But I think at the studio, it was really cool is we had 30 people and going around the room and hearing everyone's intention or having those conversations, I learn to your point so much and just what other people were focusing on or what other people are processing or thinking and being able to one get to know those people better was cool and have like deeper conversations that we normally don't have um, but then also being able to listen to those conversations and say oh actually i i struggle with that too or um oh like i actually have never thought of that before like what does that look like for me um so just echoing that it can be really helpful to do it in a group if you have people available to do it with. Cool. And before we dive in, Judy, I basically just steamrolled you and just oh. blah, 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 blah. It's um, <laughs> great words. I loved it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, is there anything that I guess I would love to share with our listeners um, how you got to where you are pretty kind of quickly, just so that they know who is co-facilitating with me. Absolutely. Um, A group of us came together. Actually, um, I had explored 
new options for where I wanted to be in life as my kids were growing up. And um, as I was exploring it, all of these things kept coming up. And then eventually I found this thing called life coaching. And I'm like, hmm, that sounds really interesting. But I put it on the shelf for a while and kept revisiting it as it would show up. And eventually I found a program locally and decided to uh, jump in with both feet. And so it was really just an extension of what I was already doing in terms of I was a sports coach and it felt like it could be an extension of that. I was also kind of always saw myself as a coach to my kids instead of parenting them or, you know, in that typical disciplinary way. Um, I thought it was my job to help them be the best humans that they could be. And so, again, it felt like an extension of that. And so that this is where I landed. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah. we're going to have a part two of this where we're going to go a little bit deeper into Judy's story because it's a really, really cool story. And I would say an unconventional one, but one full of so much trust. And that has rubbed off on me and been such a powerful influence for me that I am really excited to share that with anyone who is listening. All right. Janelle, do you have a printout of the worksheet? I don't have a printout, but I have a pad of paper where I'm going to do the worksheet. Perfect. That works too. <laughs> and then before we get started, it's going to be about 45-ish minutes. And know that you have the ability to pause and fast forward at any point in time. We're going to do this in real time. Um, and then just an invitation before we get started, go to the bathroom, do whatever you need to really get present and comfortable for the next 45 minutes. Um, I always like to have like some water or something to drink. Um, now that I'm really practicing with cacao, I love to have that because it really opens up my heart. Um, you can maybe turn on some music in the background if you want, some light music. Again, the invitation to do it with a friend is there, but if you really feel like you want to do it on your own, that works absolutely beautifully as well. Um, yeah, and just uh, make sure that you have created um, a quiet uninterrupted space for the next 45 minutes as much as possible. All right. Um, if you haven't already and want it, you can go ahead and print out, pause and print out the, the worksheet from the show notes. Otherwise, you can use a notepad or journal or piece of paper like Janelle is. And we're just going to start with a, a reflection and a warm up. So the questions to contemplate, and we'll bring you back. Um, so just go ahead and answer them as uh, time is allowing. What are you celebrating from 2019? What worked in this last year? Did you notice or experience any common themes during the year? And what do you want to remember most? I'm going to read them one more time, and then I'm going to give you everybody space to answer. What are you celebrating from 2019? What worked in the last year? Did you notice or experience any common themes during the year? And what do you want to remember most?
And let's take one more minute to just make sure we get down any final thoughts that we really want to make sure to capture. All right, how you guys doing? You ready to share? Yep. Yeah. I am ready to share. All right. Is anyone like, I want to share? I want to <laughs> share. <laughs> I'll go. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it was super fun to, to look back and <clears throat> reflect on, on the year. And uh, as you know, Rachel, I love, 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 love intention setting. Um, I've even upped my game with it, so I can share a little bit about that too in a minute. Um, but what are you celebrating from 2019? The answer to that question for me was, I actually I actually lived my intentions. So um, as for me, intention setting is way more effective than goal setting. And like you said before, it's not necessarily that way for everybody, but I play a lot and we're going to talk about it in a little bit in essence and form. So for me, intention setting is more about the essence and it allows and expands opportunities for me. So I'm celebrating that. I'm celebrating that um, my intention, one of my main intentions for 2019 was to step into more learning opportunities. And I was able to do that. And um, it was kind of fun to see how the universe supported it and how much, um, how many opportunities actually showed up for me that were unexpected. Um, so that was, that's super cool. I'm celebrating that. Uh, I actually took up a more uh, consistent meditation practice, which was been really, really cool for me um, because it's something I've been wanting to do for a long period of time. And I actually um, sought out a meditation teacher. So I'm working with a meditation teacher, which is something that I don't know if everybody knows that that's even an option um, because I didn't know that until <laughs> recently. So that's kind of fun. Um, and I attended a really cool conference that I, that kind of popped up for me also that I didn't know was a thing. And so all of those things happened plus more, and I'm just celebrating all of that. Do you want me to go through the other ones too, or do you want to? Whatever, whatever you're in, yeah, whatever you're inspired to share. I, okay. Yeah. So, um, what worked in, in 2019 is trust. And I know we're going to be talking a lot about it today, um, but trust is just huge for me. And uh, every time something showed up for me, um, I stepped into it because I trusted that that was um, the thing that I was supposed to step into based on what my intentions were. And um, it worked. I mean, it absolutely always works for me, but um, it really it takes a, it takes some trust sometimes to step into those opportunities that you're kind of shaking your head at like, what? Why is this showing up for me? 
Um, so I'm in gratitude for that. I noticed uh, the common thread that I noticed was um, it, everything that showed up for me in learning enhanced my spiritual path. And then it also allowed a letting go of something that was no longer serving me just by stepping into the new thing. So it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, that thing gave me or that thing, um, or I was letting go of something in particular, and then I could step in. It was like, wow, when I stepped into that thing, I kind of noticed a letting go of of some things, and that was cool. Um, what I remember most were the cool synchronicities and how those experiences showed up for me. So I'll give one quick example. Um, there, I've always wanted to go to a Deepak Chopra retreat. It's just I, I enjoy the combination of spirituality and science that he brings, and I've been curious to go to one of his retreats, but they are very expensive, and it wasn't something I wanted to spend the money on, and so um, I was sitting at a coffee shop with a, a friend of mine, and she, who's somebody that I did not know that well at the time, she's now a friend of mine, and she said to me, hey, I have an opportunity um, that is coming up in April, if you would like to join me in Atlanta for a retreat with a gentleman named Roger Gabriel, who is um, one of the meditation teachers at the Chopra Center. The retreat was um, probably, you know, less than a third of the price. And um, basically it was going to have very similar teachings. And so I was able to go and experience this really cool human um, just randomly, very synchronistically, without even, um, you know, with again, completely in alignment with my intention. So that's cool. I love it. I do hear trust all throughout it mm -hmm. in different ways. Yeah. It's so cool. Janelle, do you want to share? Yeah, I can share. Um, I kind of, I grouped all those questions together because that worked for me. Um, but if you've been listening to the podcast, I think a lot of people know making friends as an adult was something that was really top of mind. I mean, in 2018 and sort of 2019, but I think what I've really been celebrating is the fact that now I look around and I, I actually have, I mean, the most solid friendships that I've ever had in my adult. And even, I mean, like even high school years, I feel like that I have those now. So that's something I've really just been celebrating and I can, I mean, there's, I feel like there's so many people now in my life that I can count on that'll show up for me. Um, and that has sort of healed that narrative that I had that I like wasn't good at having friends or that I, you know, I don't know, couldn't, couldn't make friends easily. Um, so I feel like it's like an old narrative that wasn't serving me that now has healed. And, um, I feel loved in that sense, which has been really cool. I think um, what else worked in 2019, overcoming fear, went on a lot of adventures and, and did a lot of things that I think I'm getting really good at just jumping and taking risks and um, just being able to manage the fear on the other side. So hiking Half Dome, like going snowboarding again for the first time with... Um, people even you know two girls that I had only met once in Hawaii and like they're like come snowboarding with me and I'm like sure whatever like I'll share a bed with you and hang out in a hotel um so kind of two-sided there um you know doing Ragnar is always a big feat for me um and then I think also just 
acknowledging like the freedom to listen to myself. Um, 2018 was a a pretty big year for me from moving and getting hit by the car and like all the things that happened in 2018 and um, in 2019 it was a good opportunity for me and I'm proud of myself for just listening, questioning things, like not necessarily needing to take action but really taking the time to get to know me and what I want and I think anytime you you go through a very transitional phase in your life it's like you're go 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 and I just paused and said okay like you've overhauled everything in your life um you have more space now like actually stop and take a second and ask yourself you know just start asking the questions and not necessarily that I need needed clarity but that I was just starting to, t- to have that awareness, essentially, of like, hey, pay attention to what you like right now, what you don't like, what you think you want. Um, and I'm proud of myself and celebrating that I did that. So, yeah, those were mine. I love it. You have really put yourself out there. Thank you. I, I, think I, I, I see you, Janelle. <laughs> I know. That's why we're friends. All I want to be is seen. <laughs> uh, Okay, I kind of did a little bit what you did, Janelle, too. Um, 2019, what I'm most celebrating, okay, I'm going to see if I can concisely say it. It was like my tendency in my life has been to either be all in and then when it doesn't work anymore, I run away. And it's I'm like, this doesn't work. This isn't a thing. Goodbye. And um Instead, I really see myself in 2019. My word for the year was essential. Um, and I really like that word could have really been, um, you know, more of a way for me to really like run away from things that quote unquote weren't working. And instead what it became was me asking myself in moments where I would have run away, how does this become a yes for me? Or what makes this work for me? What makes me not run away from this? And I've never really looked at things like that. And so it was a lot of trial and error and putting putting myself in situations that I normally would have been, you know, convinced myself like this isn't serving me um, and figuring out a way to say yes in a way that actually was serving me. Um, And not to say that some things I didn't walk away from. Ultimately, there were some things that I was like, this actually isn't working for me. But I slowed down enough to actually see where I could take things that I might have otherwise run away from and figure out a way to make them work for me. What would have made them a yes? What would have made them a hell yes? And then doing it. Um, So there was a lot of practicing what it felt like to be in my head versus being embodied Um, which is what I call like being in your heart or dropping in um, grounded kind of, but more so like actually feeling somatically and viscerally and from my inner truth, um, how to make decisions Um, from that place. There's a, there's a surrender that I'm not like I can control some things and there's a, a trusting. And so that part of it was something that really started to open up in the back half of the year and something I think I'm going to take with me into the new year because there were, I can see now, like I'm really proud of myself from 2019, especially coming to an end of 
being able to see where I thought that I was living <laughs> from my heart and I was convincing myself that I was, but I actually still wasn't. And so to just be able to see that and not beat myself up about it and to be able to go, okay, I see that I'm still trying to c control everything and um, I can soften and slow down even more uh, to be able to truly be the person that I want to be in my relationships and in my life. Um, so yeah, but I did a ton of, a ton of stuff. I became a meditation teacher. Um, my business unstuck life and soul coaching was the most successful that then it was more successful than I even expected. I mean, it was definitely a, um, on the side project for myself or not project business, but it did way better than I thought it was going to. Um, I collaborated with people, worked on programming, put myself out there in terms of seeing if different places would work with me, um, practice getting radio silence, <laughs> practice getting guesses, and then what you do with that. Um, I went to Egypt, I became an aunt, um, and I learned a lot about exhaustion and recognizing, starting to recognize the the ways in which my body is actually saying we're exhausted and we need to stop. So yeah, it was, it was um, a big year. I wouldn't say it was like, I feel like it was a really good runway year for me to get to where I am today. Like it really served so many purposes for me to be able to be in a place today where I'm like gentle with myself and and seeing and accepting myself for who I am in ways that I never have before. <sighs> Felt good to do that. All right. So let's explore. Judy, what is intention and intention setting? <laughs> well, so um, I'll kind of describe it in terms of how I, I like to think about it or, or what I experience in it. And then, you know, if everybody can just kind of for a moment, you know, not that we're going to pause, but just kind of think about it in terms of what it could be for them. So for me, intention setting is really kind of setting your rudder. It's the centering point. When I can, when I can set an intention, I am kind of telling myself and the universe what it is that I'm wanting to experience moving forward and, or in this particular moment and moving forward. And um, there are different ways we can do it. I mentioned a little bit in when I was sharing that I've kind of ramped up my intention setting. And what I meant by that was I do it on a regular basis with my meditations. And so I not, I don't do it just in the beginning of the year. I'm doing it kind of on a continual basis, either as a, um, a, just a, I don't know if I'd call it a reminder or just kind of reinforcing it throughout the year. So I don't set it once and then, and then let it go. And I think that that's kind of a, as we're going through this workshop might be really helpful for people to think about, um, you know, in terms of how do I actually live this? And um, so, yeah, so for me, intention setting is what is that centering piece that's going to let the universe and myself remember what it is that I'm wanting to experience this year. I love it. And you, it's like we're on the same exact page because the thing I was going to add was typically as I've used intention setting, I might start out the year with one thing and realize 
okay, mm-hmm. I've, it, it, this isn't the intention anymore and mm-hmm. I'm ready for a different intention. And, um, that's totally okay and beautiful and amazing. Um, well, yeah. and so, because the intentions are meant to be, to come to fruition. Yep. And so sometimes they, you know, they come to fruition much more quickly than, than what we expect. And then we have to remember how to go back and set that next one. Yeah. Well, and the other thing for me, I'll speak a little bit more to just intention for me. Like I said, I mean, I always did new year's resolutions and smart goals and stuff. And I even have like a tone when I say, (laughs) um, and I still do them, but, um, intention setting for me really allowed me to get clear with my why or like get clear with what, who I got to be and what I wanted from that. Not so much from like, I'm going to cross the finish line, but you know, what is all the more subtle stuff that happens? That's actually super powerful. That's actually the reason why I want to cross the finish line because I want to feel a certain way because I want to be a certain person. Um, and so when I was able to hold on to an intention, it's like I could allow, you know, my life to happen without being like, Oh shit, I'm not going to accomplish that goal. Cause that's what always sucked for me is I always felt like, I would get more information and either my goal, I'd want my goal to shift or I wouldn't accomplish my goal. And then I just self was self-defeated. You know, I was like, oh, well, I couldn't accomplish it again. Great. Um, Well, it it goes back to the, I'll be happy when, you know, like, well, I'm not going to be able to be happy unless I meet, until I meet this goal. Right. And, and what intention setting allows you to do is be it, be it in the moment. So you get to experience it even before you've reached that thing that you want to, that you've, you know, set up for yourself. Yeah. And then you get to be that moving forward. And so you're already living it and you're stepping into it immediately versus, you know, doing these things to get you to somewhere. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Well, and for me, I used to be really self-critical. And so if I, you know, decided I'm not going to drink for the month of January, Um, and then I, you know, I would do everything in my power not to drink, even though there might be a night where I like wanted to have a beer and I would just hate on myself. And then I'd avoid, I was just totally disembodied. I was disconnected. Um, and the intention setting kind of allowed me to realize, you know, oh, I'm not drinking because I want to feel healthy. I want to feel good. And that gave me a lot more flexibility to moment by moment decide what that meant for me each moment. One moment that might mean not drinking, the next moment it might mean being able to allow myself to have a beer with somebody, with a friend. Um, yeah. So yeah. You literally just described essence and form. And so <laughs> let's jump in. Let's, I mean, I feel yeah, like we should yeah. jump into that real quickly. So what Rachel was describing was the essence of what she wants versus the form. So the form would be that she is going to not drink for the month of January. That's the form. The essence is, is what does it actually give her? Does it give her a sense of freedom? Does it give her a sense of control? Maybe does it, you know, what was, what was the why of why she was doing that? And it maybe isn't the not drinking in January, but she can get it in in all different ways. 
And so like when, what was your why of that, Rachel? Like as an example, like what would be a why for you of, Hey, I'm not going to drink in January and I mean, it's going to give you, what's the essence? The real reason was because I wanted to be present in my life. Beautiful. So, you know, so it's like, okay, am I making this choice based on no matter what it is, am I making this choice based on being able to be present? And so you can get that in so many different ways. Um, whereas goal setting, we we forget that piece of it oftentimes because we don't understand what is actually giving us. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, I don't know if there's much more we need to say about form and essence. Yeah, um, Yeah. So let's talk about being versus doing. So mm -hmm. this is another unpacking of a lot of times and I'm using goal setting and resolutions as the anchor for this, just because it is the new year and um, it's the complement to intention setting, I believe, one of the complements. So the doing would be the goal setting, like the training, the the check boxes that you're like checking off um, that you need to do. I got to run this many um minutes each day. I have to cross that finish line on this specific day in this specific time wearing this specific thing. Um, and that's super important too. So like, I love being super clear with what the doing action is. That way it feels really ownable for me. Um, but without the being part, um, it kind of just becomes this dogmatic, um, rule that I need to follow. So the being piece is who you get to be while you're doing the things you're doing. And one of the the other partner of Thrive had like such a fun example that I always loved, which was she hated doing the laundry, like hated it. And so she would, of course, she had kids and the family and she, she was the one who was doing the laundry and she hated it. And then with intention, she was like, okay, who do I want to actually be while I'm doing the laundry? I can be a pissed off person who's annoyed and frustrated and, you know, complains the whole time, or I could be whatever I actually want to be. I am going to have to do this either way. How do I want to do it? And so she got clear on, she wanted to be somebody who was able to learn and be curious. And, and I, she didn't say multitask, but you know, she would listen to podcasts and, be able to be in a place of curiosity and learning while she was doing these things. And there's so many things you could be grateful. You could be whatever. And I do this one um, a lot of times when I'm doing the dishes. Um, but really I, I do a lot of it when I'm um, really when I'm doing anything now, because I think intention setting is just a very innate part of my life. Um, but at giving yourself the invitation um, who are you, who are you allowing yourself to be? Who do you want to be? Who do you get to be, um, while you're doing the things that you've set out to do today? So, um, being for me is, I, I like to oftentimes lead with being, um, and I love how you described both of those, Rachel, um, in terms of, you know, doing it with goal setting is, is, um, Absolutely. And that's, I think when we talked about essence and form, we kind of touched on that a little bit too, like the essence of what you're doing 
um, versus the form of what you're doing. And so I, these all play together. And I think that that's really cool. So even though we have kind of some different words for them and they mean a little bit different, you know, I can kind of put being with essence and form with doing. And um, so the being of, you know, I think about it in terms of when I'm setting an intention, who do I want to be just throughout the whole year is kind of fascinating. And again, it brings me back to that centering point. Yeah, I love that. Do you want to talk about overdoing and overbeing? Sure, absolutely. Okay. So when we think about overbeing and overdoing, or just being and doing in general, there are times when we can overbe and there are times when we can overdo. So I, I kind of like to describe it as overdoing is I'm on that treadmill 24-7 or I'm on the hamster wheel 24-7 and I'm just going, 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 I'm not really paying attention to what I describe as my inner world. I'm not, you know, paying attention to how, you know, how do I feel about this? What are the beliefs I have around this? What are the thoughts I have around this? Um, what are my true desires as I'm pushing through the doing of whatever it is, the daily tasks <clears throat> or the things that are going to you're describing the first 25 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think most people, I mean, many, many, many people do this and without, you know, taking a, a moment to step back and say, whoa, wait a second. What's, Let's let's have some intentionality around what I want to experience. I love the word experience. So for me, I I have this thing about how do I want to experience life? Because I just, life is so full and there's so many opportunities to really, really feel and experience what you want in life. And so when I'm overdoing, I'm just not really experiencing life sometimes unless I can take a pause and say, whoa, is this really where I want to be? Is this really, is this really serving me? Is this really the experience that I want to be having? Am I super stressed out in my doing? Am I doing, doing, doing? And that actually is what energizes me and and helps me to feel motivated. And it's the passion that's coming through. And that's why I'm the do doing. Um, so if I'm overdoing, I'm not paying attention to that sense of being um, that that when coupled with doing brings that fullness of the experience of life. Overbeing is I'm not really doing much. I mean, people kind of describe it as being a couch potato. Um, and so sometimes when I'm overbeing, I can feel stuck or uninspired because I'm just waiting for things to happen. And so again, the balance of those 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 two is really the sweet spot. It's the, when I do these things and I am paying attention to my being within doing those and that balance of it, then I can move forward in a way that feels way better um, and brings about just really cool interactions in life, really cool opportunities will show up in life. Um, and to me, it just bring, brings a better overall experience of life. When I love how this talks about being versus doing because sometimes with the law of attraction it could be I, I hear people getting stuck in like okay well I know what I want like I'm manifesting it you know or like I'm trying yeah. to and it this invites the dance and the recognition that both are actually needed in order for um the change or the thing you want to come to fruition. Like it's not that doing is bad and being is good or vice versa. Right. Um, 
it's that if you're being, it needs like, who are you being while you're doing what you're doing, <laughs> you know? And so there is still the recognition of the being as a couple, as a partner, to, as a co-creator to the doing. Yeah. Um, I love how you, how you said that, you know, the co-creator of, to the doing yeah. and, or with the doing and, and with the being. Because the, you know, I agree with you. I've seen it happen many, many times where people are um, putting things out there and putting trust in, in things and then just hoping that it, you know, I, I the word hope is, is trippy for me, you know, just hoping that it, it happens or hoping that it, it falls in their lap. And I am a big proponent of, you know, get really solid on who you are and align that with, with what you want to do. Yeah, and vice I love versa. that. I love that. All right, I'm going to move on to more and enough. Beautiful. Okay, so more and enough is that idea of a lot of times we there we decide like this is what I want, but we project it because I mean we want a target that we're moving towards, a direction with which we're moving, but we wait. We've almost like put what we want. Um, at the mercy of time. And so we've lobbed this thing that we want out into the future. And now it's like so far away. And so more and enough is the recognition of like, absolutely keep, you know, it's almost like pulling back that arrow or like um, identifying what you want and recognize that that thing that you want, that you have put a certain form on in a future state, potentially, you can actually, in essence, have it right now. And so again, it's a dance and the playing of um, recognizing where you want to go without losing sight of the present moment and the invitation of what you can have right now of what you want, even though the form of it might be different. Um, and I guess I didn't even realize I was doing this, but a lot of my share in the beginning was was that me kind of recognizing, um, okay, I might want to run away from something or I might, you know, the form of it might freak me out and I might think that it needs to be a different form in order for me to be okay. Um, but I found an and in there. I found a, okay, what if this experience can be something that I typically want to run away from and I don't run away. <laughs> and so, and I experience it differently right now instead of something the form of it needing to shift, what if, um, what if I can make it work for me? And so um, the and is a really helpful tool in this to start to ask yourself if you're seeing extremes, like, um, you know, I either have to leave my boyfriend and it needs to look like this um, and, or I'm going to mess this up, but, you know, or I am alone. It's like very black and white. Um, what if it's both? What if it's you, your boyfriend can be this and it can be this experience and you experience what you want instead of just having to leave. And so playing with that um, as an intention is really cool because it becomes an invitation for you to get curious and see possibilities that might not have otherwise existed. Um, the example on the worksheet is um, I am a starving artist and shifting that to I can be an artist and I can make a lot of money um, and I can do it now. I don't have to wait until some specific set of circumstances. I can actually feel that and start experiencing it now. Um, 
there's a bit of radical acceptance in this. So really allowing yourself to recognize that um, what is in front of you is good, okay, acceptable. Um, if we are identifying the current moment as shit, then it's going to be really hard to play in this space. And we're going to always be trying to seek outside of ourselves and always running towards a moving target. And so giving yourself the space to actually accept what's happening, accept what's going on radically and seeing if there's a way to bring what it is that we want into the experience that we're having right now. Um, Can I jump in on this one? Please. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we, what I see a lot is that people will make a current situation really bad to justify leaving it also. And so this one is, you know, so I, I like to bring it up in this particular bullet point because it's like, oh, I have that. Let's use a job as an example. Oh, I have this job and I'm going to, I'm going to spew my complaints all over. I'm going to say how horrible my job is because then it's going to feel better for me to be able to, to leave that job. And, um, and so you know, and the more it's almost like people use that as the catalyst without even realizing it to to move them into the thing that they actually want. I mean, we see it all the time. And so it's like, how can you actually experience what you're experiencing now? And I'm not saying that it isn't all, you know, sometimes it is a sucky situation. And it's not like we have to be in like complete gratitude with it all the time. But the acceptance piece of it is accepting it without without making it worse than it actually is, it helps you to be able to then just accept it in the moment and move forward instead of having to go all the way down into this kind of, I call it like this deficit pot of, well, I'm going to go all the way down here so that I can, you know, justify going to this thing that I actually really want. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, I, oh my God, I love it. I was going to say, I, it already is. <laughs> yeah. And I think Rachel, you and I, like the, the relationship example here is whether it's a friendship or a partner, people mm-hmm. do this a lot. And it's like a very relatable example where it, you decide, you just like pick that person apart because yeah. you want out of the relationship, not because any of those things are actually wrong with the other person, but you're just looking for reasons rather than just accepting that it's you, like what you want is to be out of the relationship and you can actually do that and say, this person is great though. And I admire them and I respect them, but it's not, you know, this is my decision and this is what I need. Or, or the other thing for me with that is recognizing like maybe they are lazy or maybe they are whatever, but then instead of leaving it at that, it's like then making it worse by really leaning into that, <laughs> really yeah. leaning into that reality. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a surrender and acceptance that allows an openness mm-hmm. for, again, I'm, I'm really into the co-creation um, for the co-creation of something different. So it's like, okay, so late, a person's lazy. You can either continue to lean into that and live into that reality as the only thing, or it can be, okay, I'm going to accept that this person's lazy. And what does it look like if I stay and still feel what I want to feel? Um, yeah, not making it worse than it already is. I wrote that down. That's going to be what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've already decided. 
Yeah, and all of those examples were, were beautiful and perfect, and they're all human things that we do. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right. So, um, should we answer the next set of questions? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So we kind of threw a lot at you. So if you need a minute to just like pause and digest any of it, um, the worksheet has everything written out so you can look at it as often as you want. Um, but the next set of questions now takes the conversation that we just had and invites you to start to answer some questions that get at a possible intention for yourself to set up your year. The questions that we have are, what is your intention for 2020? What do you want? in essence and in form? What do you want or need to let go of to allow this intention to come in? How will you be opening, how will you be open to receiving your intention? And how will you know that your intention showed up? And I'll read them again. What is your intention for 2020? What do you truly want? Both in essence, and inform. What do you want or need to let go of to allow your intention to come in? How will you be open to receiving your intention? And how will you know that your intention showed up? And I'll give you a one minute warning. <laughs>
Okay, so we're not going to share. Um, I'm going to just allow those questions to kind of be yours in, in your space um, to sit with. Um, I will share that for me, I'm walking away from answering those questions with like a few different ideas of what my intention could be. And I just want to share that that's really, really okay. Um, if you haven't landed on like one word or one phrase after 30 minutes, that is okay. Um, and my invitation, um, and Judy, you can share what you like to do. For me, I like to kind of just pick one that is resonating with me today and try it on. So I'll try it on for the next 24 hours or the next week and see how it, I play with it. Um, see where it gets me, see if I get more information, see if it's like, oh, hell yes, that absolutely was like an anchor and a compass for me or eh, not quite. Um, and give yourself the space to feel in your body what, what works and what doesn't. Um, so don't feel like you have to have landed on your you know, perfect intention today. Is there anything you can add to that, Judy? Yeah, first of all, I love that, Rachel, um, because these are definitely a work in, in progress. Um, and so it's, it is really, and then they can be tweaked too, yeah. um, which, is, which is great and beautiful. Um, I would invite people to really, if they haven't done this before, to play in essence. You know this about me, Rachel. I am a strong believer in, in essence. Um, I've had unbelievable things manifest for me that I never would have um, been able to, to imagine for myself in form. And so um, it's kind of cool for me to play in essence, really, I, that's kind of my approach. Um, and it's not that I, that I never, you know, add form to it. It's just, it allows the, the universe to bring it in in whatever way um, it wants to bring it in. And so <clears throat> it feels a little more expansive for me. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm saying don't neglect the form because sometimes the form is what helps you get to the essence also. So if you can't, if you can't just start with essence, go to the form and then say, okay, what is that going to give me? And then go to the essence and then almost kind of release the form, um, which is, which is the way I like to play with it. So yeah, that's just an invitation. Cool. Um, so before we make it yours, um, one other reminder is non-attachment. Um, this also to me comes in the form of surrender and my favorite co-creation. So it's the acknowledgement that we have control over ourselves and our experience, but we don't have control over everything. And so um, really allowing space for um, your intention to actually show up and be co-created by the universe, by God, um, higher power, whatever word you use um, to represent something bigger than yourself. Um, this work really requires you to have a sense of what you can control and a sense of where you surrender into allowing something in to co-create that experience with you. And so non-attachment, usually when I do this, this is the point where I, I invite people, okay, because we're going to be so non-attached, take the sheet that you just wrote all your notes on and rip it up. And there's a trusting in that, that what sticks just based on your heart and what's there is exactly what's meant to stick. And you're not being such a slave to your notes, um, which is very head. Um, and instead you're really um, trusting in the heart space in the experience um, that you've had to allow um, yourself to be guided um, 
in the, in this space. So non-attachment is a beautiful practice in um, allowing the flow of life to happen with you. Is there anything you'd add, Judy? Um, no, I loved it. Okay, I'll, cool. Great. I'll add that it's my least favorite part, so that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel so attached. I was like, no, I don't want to rip that up. I know. I know. When we did the worksheet at Spire, people were like, what? (laughs) I was like, you don't have to. Like, it's an act of courage to not do it, too, and to listen to yourself. But, you know, maybe maybe if you're somebody who does, is, like, very reliant on, like, I'm not going to remember, maybe you do invite yourself to rip it up because the things that you do actually remember that you don't have to go back and read from a piece of paper probably is, like, your inner truth speaking and not just the memorization. Um, I think the benefit of the non-attachment also helps you to feel the gap less. mm -hmm. So meaning that if it it allows you to actually look at your life and see where it actually is happening for you um, when you can just kind of let go of it and versus kind of being attached to it. This is what I have to experience (laughs) the whole time. It just kind of allows you to open up and go, Oh, wow. Look at that. I felt gratitude over there. Oh, wow. Look at that. I, you know, experienced the synchronicity or whatever it happens to be. Not that anyone needs to rip it up, but I have ripped my sheet up the last two years (laughs) I've done this. So it'll be okay. If you feel a little scared. (laughs) Just throw that out there. So I'm just going to have you guys quickly make it yours. What do you want to remember? An I am statement and one step you can take towards living your intention. We're going to do it pretty quickly and then just share our I am's, which is basically today our iteration of our intention. Cool. Cool. Yep. You guys ready? Yep. Okay. Who wants to start with their I am? I am intentional and um, grateful. I love it. Mine, thank you for just giving me permission to have two because I needed that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am brave and I am listening. Oh, Rachel. We have a similar intention. I should have went first. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, I said, I am listening to others and myself without judgment or attachment. Oh, I love it. Hey, so there, we did it. Nice job, everyone. Truly, like, however you did it was amazing. It It was just right. And the invitation from Judy to do this as often as you feel inspired um, and listening to that calling and giving yourself the space to do it is is always there. And I highly encourage you to to take that step when you hear it. 
Um, the only other thing I wanted to share, because I'm into crystals, uh, I have been playing with three that are really nice um, partners to this work. One is um, Rainbow Moonstone, Moonstone. So that is um, the Stone of New Beginnings. Uh, one is Kyanite, Black Kyanite, and that is um, supposed to take away negative energy, um, clear out uh, karmic residue. And then the third one, which is like my favorite right now, is Astrophilite. Um, and that is all supporting um, through the vibrational frequency of finding your life's purpose and connecting with your higher self as a guide. So those three crystals, if they are calling to you in any way, um, you can look at places online. There's a shop in Dallas that I'll link to in the show notes where I got mine. Um, but those can kind of be fun to just, I hold them in my pocket um, or I use them as inspired while meditating just to up the, the frequency of the vibration I'm trying to tap into. So I share that unless it doesn't speak to you, then cool. Amazing. That was fun. That was yes, super thank fun. Thank you both. Thank you for always both of you being, um, in my life in some way or another to always get me to do this at the beginning of every year because it, it truly does. I, I just appreciate it and having the guidance in order to be able to set an intention versus goals, which never really worked for me. I acknowledge you, Janelle, because you always ask for it and I always forget and then I do it and I'm like, damn, that was good. So, <laughs> good. <laughs> so thank you. Um, and then Judy, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, so a lot of times this stuff can be really great when partnered with coaching, um, mm -hmm. or maybe this was just like, I need more of this. Are there any upcoming programs that Thrive has going on that you could share, um, as well as where somebody maybe could get in touch with you if they wanted to, to do some one-on-one -on -one coaching? Absolutely. Um, so our website is Thrive hdc.com because it's Thrive Human De Development Company. Um, so thrivehdc.com. We have not put our spring programs up yet. We just started our winter programs um, last week. So those will be coming up shortly, probably by the end of January, beginning of February, we will have those up there. But you can always reach out and um, the programs that will be coming up are our Pro Skills training program and our influencer training pro program. Pro Skills is about you getting to understand you and learning some different tools um, to navigate life and, and learn how to own your value in the world. And influencer training is kind of that next level of how do you how do you own your influence and um, step out and be able to influence uh, the world and others. And then we also always have one-on-one -on -one coaching, like Rachel said. But um, this, those those actual dates will be coming out shortly. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can either check us out on the website, or you can contact me directly at Judy at ThriveHDC.com. Sweet. I love yeah. that. <laughs> um, and honest, I'll also share that um, if you want this brought to your team or business or organization or anything, as well as other amazing conversations um, and tools, uh, Thrive also does that. So just yeah. reach out to Judy and inquire because everything that they create, um, you know, they have a set of tools and conversation starters, but it is... Um, highly specialized to, 
to the needs of each group. So you awesome. and your team could get this. Yeah. Okay, cool. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you liked what you heard, please consider leaving us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Until next time.